Heavy Podcast, hosted by Craig Gonzalez. What's up, guys? Welcome to Get Heavy Podcast. Another beautiful episode coming at you. Tonight, we have a very special guest, the boss dog himself, one of my favorite artists, uh, owner and proprietor of these hats, uh, many, many uh, fucking killer art pieces, t-shirts. You can see him in zoomies. You can see him in all sorts of shit. Uh, just a real unique, creative fucking artist. I'm very excited to talk to him. Uh, go ahead and rate, subscribe, review, comment, tell your fucking friends about this podcast. You can follow it on all audio podcast outlets. Watch us on YouTube. Check out the patreon.com slash podcast for all of the these episodes early. Um Usually about a week early, and uh, you get early access, all kinds of cool stuff over there for $1 a month. Also, please check out the new merch. Look at this shit, dude. Get Heavy Podcast merch, localshop.com slash getheavypodcast for all of that. Having said all that, tonight's podcast is sponsored by Salzer's Records. For over 50 years, they have been fucking killing it. Uh, independent record shop in Ventura, California, 5777 Valentine Road here in Ventura off Victoria Exit. If you like used records, if you like new records, if you like CDs, DVDs, tapes even, uh, killer gift shop upstairs for all of you people that like to buy gifts, purses, clothes, jewelry, crystals, anything you want. An amazing head shop for all of your bongs and water pipes and any other thing you might need for smoking. Uh, also, for all you little freaks, they got an incredible adult shop as well attached to that. So check that stuff out. Like I said, big shout out to the Souser's family. Can't say enough enough awesome shit about that store, uh, about Jim, RIP. 5777 Valentine Road, open 11 to 7 a.m. Well, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. daily. And let's go support, man. Check out the video store across the street, Salzer's Video. Last video store on earth. Uh, much, much appreciated on the uh, sponsorship. I uh, have nothing but good things to say about that place. You guys have heard my spiel before. I met my wife there. I met my every one of my best friends. I started one of all of my major bands in that place. Salzer's Records is the shit. Having said all that, enjoy the episode. Good. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm here, man. I'm here. Can okay. you, am I am I glitching out? I feel like your internet's glitching out, maybe a little bit, but yeah, I'm in the desert, and it's uh, it's a it's like 1998 here. It's just... <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, man. I'm actually I'm a desert rat myself. I was born out there in uh, well, I I say Lancaster because no one knows where I'm from, right? So I don't know where you're born, but I was originally born in a town called Trona, which is okay. in China Lake, Ridgecrest, way the fuck out there where they test nukes. You know what I mean? Wow. I grew up in is like that... a really crazy small town until I was about 10. You know what I mean? Is that California? Is it that is. Like... It's Mojave, right? It's like, but it's like right. the backside of Mojave on the border of Death Valley. Have you, um, have you heard that uh, podcast, uh, California City? No. Oh, you should check it out because it's... Yeah. Um, it's about uh, that area, is it? And okay. um, this woman from the LA Times did it, and it's about how they um, basically, like, in the seventies and eighties, like they started like 
getting these people in LA to invest in real estate out in, in Mojave in the desert area. Right, right. And it's like where like all the cliches of like buying land in the desert, getting ripped off basically right. come from. Oh, totally. There's, dude. This, there's this whole town called California City that like yep. apparently like 80% of it is owned by like these poor people like in LA. Like, oh, dude. So I, I lived uh, where I grew up is about an hour fucking more into the desert from Cal City, right? We used to go to Cal City as a vacation to go to fucking motorcycles and shit, dude. You know yeah, I mean? hell yeah. So like, I have a weird, I have a weird thing. I grew up in like a gummo kind of desert situation. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't diddling uh, girls with Down syndrome or anything, but it was fucking chaos. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I have a hard time like really buying into this desert lore. You know what I mean? Of like, oh, and it is beautiful. There's many, many things that are about it are awesome, but man you know what i mean that some of the people in these areas and the fucking way in which my family and it's just fucking nuts bro so i did like anything that's like oh yeah we're gonna do a story about the desert i'm like fuck okay good luck yeah. <laughs> i'm here at the beach i really like it you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Well, and I, go visit, I visit family and all that but i just don't i fucking very little interest about discovering more trauma in the desert you know what i mean yeah i i mean i hear you it's uh it's funny because i think that people have this perception of it you know it's like the urban outfitter is like oh yeah. joshua tree kind of mystique and um but when you get out here and you're out here it's like when people see those pictures they don't realize that like 40 yards off to the side there's like a meth lab that's totally. like an illegal pit bull, yeah. like breeding Fighting ground. Ring. Yeah. You know, there's like a giant Confederate flag flying. Oh, and like, yeah. That's the fucking desert. That's you know? the fucking like, desert, dude. I mean, it is, it's, it, it's such a hard reality for some yuppies, dude. You know what I mean? Like in that Cal city, I know the story relatively well on basically they got told this is going to be the next Palm Springs, right? This is going to yeah. be the fucking spot. And, and they got out there and got fucking steamrolled by the yokels, dude. I mean, just yeah. sold property that could, you could never build on. There ain't water anywhere fucking close. Good luck, motherfuckers. And also, like, guess what? The place flash floods every year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking good luck keeping a house on, not on stilts, dude. You know? Yeah. I mean, even out where we're at, like, I always have friends being like, yo, there, I saw, like, some land for sale for, like, 20 grand. And I'm like... Yeah, you shouldn't buy it because you can't put a well in there. Yeah. They won't run electrical yeah. out there. Like, yeah. you're not going to be able to build on it. Yeah, how know? good are you at 18th century fucking mechanics, motherfucker? I don't think so. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Yeah, it's a trip. So what, how are, are you from there? What, how did, did you end up there? What happened? How, where um, are you from? No. Give me your well, story. <laughs> my wife and I moved here, like, going on three years ago from Oregon. So, from Portland. Oh, okay. Nice. But we, um, you know, essentially we were just so fed up with Oregon, like in all these different ways. And this is the second time I've been on a podcast where I just started talking shit about Oregon, but hey. um, you know, man, I mean, honestly, I, I think well, a lot had to do with it was just simply the fact that like I have seasonal affective disorder and I finally realized it after 20 years of basically growing up in Oregon and, um, and I just hate the rain. And so, yeah. you know, uh, my wife literally was almost like born and raised in Portland and we just wanted to like a new adventure and, yeah. We like wanted to move to California and start boss dog full time. Mm -hmm. And we needed someplace where it was like affordable and, and the high desert still has pockets that are like really affordable. Totally. I've been out here. Like I have an old bandmate that was, that moved to like Joshua tree like seven years ago. And okay. so I was familiar with the area and um, you know, we just knew that we could afford to live out here. We moved to like uh, 29 palms, which is um, it's like the more gutter side of the high desert. 
mm-hmm. but incredibly affordable and like we're mid-century modern freaks and they have like really rad houses oh, yeah. that yeah. you know like in portland would be like 800 grand and so it's like out here it's like oh shit we can get a house and we can live out here and and just basically do our own thing and and so it was really strategic in certain ways where we knew that we wanted to do a business full time and, and this is a you know really cheap the place way to, to do it right yeah it makes sense i mean I spent so much of my younger years, you know, I grew up playing punk rock and metal and all this shit too. You know what I mean? I'd love to hear like your history on that stuff, but at, over the years, right. I have kids, I have children, I have three, I'm what married fucking blah, blah, blah. I, I am, there was many days where I thought I'll die in this gutter. This is my fucking town. Ta-. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'll fucking live here forever. Oh yeah. I have to live in a studio fucking basement. And then you get a little older and you're like, I'd like to not, like I'd like to be able to walk into my backyard and take a piss, dude. Like that'd be cool, you know. <laughs> and now eventually, it's like you just start moving, and you get to that point where you're like, I don't want to fucking be around anybody, dude. Like I don't need any no. more friends. I'm good, bro. And the seasonal shit is rough up there. It's fucking rough. It's I mean, it rains what six months, nine months out of the year almost. Yeah, I mean, it rains perpetually, nonstop for a solid seven months. Right. And um, you know, right now is when everyone goes to visit Portland and like. I get text messages from people and they're like, dude, Portland's the most amazing city in the world. And it is when it's sunny out, it's great, yeah, yeah. but it's only sunny for like four weeks in the summer. Right. Um, you know, it's changed a lot, a little bit, you know, thanks to global warming. It's the summers have gotten a little bit hotter, but. Oh yeah. I saw the um, siding melting off people's houses up there at 115. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that makes it kind of worse because they don't have air conditioning up there. So they're now it's like, it's like seven months out of the year where it's 34 degrees driving rain every day. The sun sets at 4 p.m. And then you go into the summer and now we're in the like high 90s for like a, like six weeks and no yeah. one has air conditioning. So it's yeah, like, totally. you know, and it's, and it's a trick. It's a big trick, too, because as when I, I toured I music a lot, we tour up there in the summer and you'd get up there and everyone's happy, having a fucking great time. It's fucking party time. You know what I mean? And then it isn't until you do a tour in the winter or the fall or the spring or any other fucking time of the year. You get there and you're like, oh. This yeah. is, this is the real Pacific Northwest. <laughs> yeah, and, and people are mad. They're over it. You know what I mean? No one wants the hospitalities go way down. You know what I yeah. mean? Everyone's like, "Fuck you, out of towner. Get out of here. Come see us yeah. in the summer when we're having fun." You know? There was a time when I really, you know, I I did appreciate gray days and the rain and and stuff. So it is. It does have its place. You know, I just yeah. I think I stayed there a little too long and, and just got right. kind of salty about it. But I was one of those people where it's like, you know, the city kind of blew up and, oh, yeah. um, you know, and a lot of it was like influx from California. And suddenly it was like, it went from being a small city to a large city very quick. Right. And um, it's like the same infrastructure problems that San Francisco had where there was no rent control. There was two lane roads everywhere instead right. of like, there was just no parking, no parking structures. So it went from like, this little city that was like really easy to this big place. And I mean, I, I realized that I was complaining about it and talking about it. Like I didn't like it. So I might as well just fucking move, you know, cause right. I didn't want to be one of those guys right. that was like sitting around complaining about the place that I lived in. So, yeah. so now it's like Portland, I love you. If anyone's listening, yeah. you're amazing. It, yeah. You know, the rad thing is it's like really inclusive. It's really, the politics are off the chart, you know, like yeah. you literally live in a bubble. And I like the first six months we left Portland, 
we were like taking pictures of like Trump signs and shit, being like, look at this. This is crazy. I've never seen one of these before. You know? Like yeah. just not even realizing that like we had been in this place that for so long where you're like debating about like what kind of vegan gluten-free options, you know, the fucking local <laughs> yeah. like homeless shelter should give out. And it's like, <laughs> totally then you go good, like yeah. you get out of there and you're like, Oh shit. Like reality sucks. The know? rest of the so, world is different, man. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. you know, as much as I'm sure real Portlanders hate Portlandia, man, it highlighted a bunch of funny shit about that town. You know what I mean? Cause I've spent enough time up there to really see the elements, you know? And yeah. uh, it fucking, I mean, it, it cracked me up. You know what I mean? And I'm, yeah. I'm a, I, I love to poke like at myself. I don't care. You know, I don't have any yeah. shit like that. So I just thought it was fucking hilarious. You know, if you can't laugh at that show, then I think maybe yeah. you've been in Portland for too long. Cause I mean, it is, <laughs> yeah. it is super funny. And like my most Portlandia-esque experience that I can sum up is um, Sam and I lived in um, in North Portland, the last place we lived in, and um, it was rad. You know, it was like it was like across from like a two lane, a four lane highway, across from a junkyard in the middle of nowhere. But it was great because we had like space, and yeah. you know, we were close to the city, but it was kind of you know, but it was really sketchy, and it was, I had all this weird shit. Our only neighbors were. Um, these uh this this couple that lived right next door to us and they were uh satan worshipers and they were nudists and they also were car mechanics so they were always home they were always working on their cars but fucking in the nude and i swear to god like yeah and that's portland you know what i mean like that sums up portland because the thing that was like you know crazy about it is like it, you know, we were like, oh, I mean, whatever. It didn't phase us at all. Like, what phased us was, like, um, we just didn't get along with one of the guys. Like, we just thought he was really annoying. Right. But, like, you know, he, he had a fence. And so, like, as long as we didn't look over the fence, we didn't actually see them from the waist down. And they yeah. would come over to the fence, and they would, like, be like, hey, how's it going? And we'd be like, oh, good. Goodbye. Dude, I mean, so, look, man, I've worked on some cars. Not one part of me wants grease on my dick. I know, right? You know what I mean? Like, I just – I that's the only thing I can picture is this guy fucking – hanging dong in the fucking engine compartment <laughs> it just seems like a really risky thing to do it's so risky dude it's the riskiest thing you can do he's like you know what i'm gonna do pick up fucking shards of glass today naked yeah <laughs> i mean there's like, I mean, the you know yeah. like what if you slam the hood accidentally like, oh my god dude zipping your dick up and your zipper is one thing but slamming <laughs> it your own fucking cock dude that's a rough one man that's a rough yeah one. so that was like you know that was always like uh we're, you know, we live in Portland, you know, like, yeah. that's, that pretty that's much very Portland, dude. And I like it. But so you grew, I mean, you, you said you lived there a long time, but you grew you, I mean, you played in bands and stuff like that. I mean, what'd you grow up I did, involved yeah. in? I played in bands, um, you know, like I, I would say more as a kid, like as a teenager and in my twenties, early twenties, especially. Um, so it was a big part of like my foundation, you know? Um, but like, I think a lot of people, you know, like I had, it was just a lot, man. Like I, I honestly, it was a really amazing time. I, I think, you know, I think anyone that gets to go on tour and have those experiences, like it, it's the best thing in the world, you know? Yeah. So it was a huge part of my life, but it was also like, I was also such a fuck up and, you know, I was fucking crazy as hell. And, oh, really? And really, really not. You know, I was always in bands where I was attracting other um, you know, shout out to all my bandmates, but just fu- attracting other fuck ups. And we were like, you know, we're all alcoholics and, and, and it was just bananas crazy. And that has really great times to it. And it also has a lot of like heartbreak to it because, you know, 
there's a certain point where it's like you're in these these great bands, but you can never get your shit together. And you know, you have, you have these opportunities, and we have these close moments with you know getting signed to a label, getting kicked off the label, you know, because we're just you know we were. I was always in those bands. So yeah. it was, what what it was band was there a main one that you did for a long time? And what what kind of music was it? Was it in the vein of? Um, when I was like uh, early like teenager and, and uh, late teens, especially, it was like I was just played punk, like really shitty punk. And then kind of got into hardcore, um, and like and, karate hardcore, like the hardcore, like New York hardcore kind of shit. No, no, like this is West Coast, so oh, okay. this is like, you know, and uh, and I was really into like kind of arty, like math stuff, like botch kind of like okay. weird shit. Yeah, um, I was a huge botch fan. I'm a huge fucking Coles fan. Oh, um, I love all that Pacific North. Well, I know the Coles isn't, you know, but but yeah, genre of music, those botch era days, the fucking all those bands, man. I mean, I really like, you know, and, and I'll stand by it to this day, even though it didn't, you know, it doesn't always age well for everyone. But I was really into like Southern California's like weird art, you know, all the San Diego bands that were kind of shaped like the late '90s and early 2000s. Like I really liked. Uh, what Rhode Island put out for a minute, you sure. know, like in yeah. uh, the early 2000s, mid 2000s. So there was a, you know, uh, I liked all the weird shit and, um, and was really motivated by that. And so yeah. like the bands I was in was like, you know, we were always trying to like, you know, it was like one of those things where it's like, uh, we were too young to realize we should just be making music. And instead we were just trying to impress other bands and ourselves. Right. That's, writing, like, like, really that's how it goes when you're young. You know, like, man. Writing like really complicated time signatures and like, you know, doing all this stuff that was just like, yeah. probably pre- really pretentious. And, yeah. You know, Emotionally screaming with no fucking instruments behind you for a minute. And then, and then going yeah. into an odd breakdown. <laughs> yeah. 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 I spent my days the, doing it, man. I fucking I feel you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. you, man. But I mean, I remember, I, I, you know, I growing up here in, in Southern California, you know, those bands would tour through. And I was one of the only ones in my town that liked that shit like a lot. Obviously, Converge is, you know, on the next level anyway. But those like uh, there was a band called Minor Times. I really liked a lot. Anodyne, all these yeah. like crazy fucking mathy tech hardcore bands that I really loved. You know what I mean? And, and it wasn't a big thing here because obviously the Nardcore, you know, we're from Ventura Oxnard. Nardcore is a massive fucking thing you know and i i kind of tried to blaze my own path with music as far as like bringing something that wasn't just like straight fucking 80s hardcore you know what i mean into my town and stuff but i felt for many years you were always you always write for your friends and your bands and then it took me many years to really write for myself you know what i mean and find my own voice you know much like art right i mean yeah when you start doing art as a kid what are you you're tracing fucking conan or doing whatever you're doing then eventually you find your own fucking voice right you know um so it's always always interesting for sure and i think if you're if you're a creative or a creator or whatever you know however you want to describe it like all these experiences build you know um because like when i was in bands it's like i was always a kid that did all the flyers you know my my dream like when i grew up like i knew i i didn't know i couldn't verbalize it but i was a kid like when I was in a skating, I was re- like mostly the thing that really I really obsessed over was the, the art and the t-shirts. And right. then when I was in bands, like dude, I mean, I I just obsessed over every punk, the the perfections of punk, you know, black, white on black t-shirts and silk screening my band's t-shirts and my band's albums. And I had yeah. to do all the record. You know, if we went on tour, I was like telling people on 
and you know san diego i'll do the flyer you know like i always wanted to do the flyer right right you know and then like in my 20s i worked as a bartender and it's like every bar i worked at i was like can i put on shows i want to i want to do shows because i want to be the flyer for the shows right so what was the band band you were in what what is the name um i was in a band called necktie party and then a band called headphone so okay cool and then um bunch of spinoff bands that didn't you know sure didn't didn't pan out but i mean obviously you've always been into art right i mean you've always been an artist i mean did that start young i mean what was it that drew you obviously skateboarding skateboarding was a huge thing for me you know finding out about punk and bands and metal you start to look through the credits of who the fuck was that band during that during that part and all this stuff right but the board art the fucking i mean all that shit just it opened my eyes to this massive world that i had no idea about right so where what, what was it for you that started that kind of stuff um, well, I mean, when I, was, when I was a kid, I drew, I mean, you know, like probably a lot of people, I think like I just drew all the time. And what I was obsessed with was, um, comic, like, like what you said, like imitating comic book characters and imitating Dungeons and Dragons, you know, okay. um, for whatever reason, I don't know how I came across it, but I, I got into old copies of Dungeons and Dragons or I found like a stack of, you know, so I'm like eight years old. And I would just sit there and try and I would like imitate drawing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or nice. drawing, you know, Spider-Man or a dragon or, you know, whatever, whatever I could. Um, and even then, like, I remember like, you know, being in fifth grade and I think I was in school choir and I drew, they, they had like a, a choir thing. And I was like, can I do the flyer for it? So I did. <laughs> it was Spider-Man swinging through like the air and it said like our choral group you know and i'm like, oh, I'm, like looking back on it I'm, like that was where my brain was always you know dude that's cool man i uh, so i wanted to because i mean i'm a big fan of the art and all that stuff obviously i've been watching it for a long time i got one of the og hats i think you know what i mean yeah um but um are you what is there biker art influence because i see a lot i grew up with a lot of fucking bikers and i grew up around 70s easy riders and all these fucking artists that, you know, it's, it's a ghost rider through the desert and there's always an SS bolt on it, of course, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, how, were you influenced by that stuff at all too? Or I mean, does it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. One, 1000%. Um, especially I'm not so much now. Cause I feel like, you know, I don't know. I, I could, I could get all pretentious about that, but I, I definitely, man, like my dad was, uh, he, rode motorcycles and, and definitely was probably what introduced me into just the idea of the culture. And then, um, and then, you know, like probably like five or six years ago, I, I did actually a lot of uh, art and design for stuff that was more in that world. Like I, I used to help out with um, like show class magazine, like a bunch of like okay. um, biker stuff. Um, and to be honest, man, like I, you know, I, I, I had bikes forever. Um, this is the, this is right now. I don't have any bikes with me, but I kind of consciously didn't want to be in that world where I was like on Instagram posting pictures of my bike. And I'm not trying to put that down at all. It just wasn't my scene. Like it's a lane, right? It's a full lane right there. Yeah. That whole bike. I mean, and and not, not to like say, you know, like honestly, like the past few years, I kind of just politically just was like, I can't fucking deal with this anymore. Like, yeah. I kind of got tired of the the politics of that world. I got tired of like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff in that world where 
it seems cool and you see like a lot of like young hipsters get into it and stuff mm-hmm. and then it's like dude it's kind of it's kind of la- it's born on the back of like a lot of really fucked up ideas 100%. and um and i think sam and i as we kind of got okay with being a little bit more like political and embracing things that um we were like fuck it you know we're gonna pick a side we picked the side of being like we're gonna go full on this way and a lot of that biker world we just were like all right later we're not into it you know well, and because, I know some people that can navigate both, but for me, yeah. I was like, I don't want to try and do that shit. So. Well, you can appreciate bikes, right? You can appreciate riding. And and I, I think the hard reality is, is when you grow up in the MC culture, like for real, like for real grow up in it, it's not great, right? I mean, it's I grew up around a lot of gangs, a lot of fucking one percenters, um, and they weren't – and I'm not, obviously, I'm not here to blast anybody, but – and I have a lot of friends that are still in these things, but that life – is a really specific fucking lane that doesn't end great for a lot of people. And it's based yeah. in violence. It's based in racism. It's based in fucking a culture that as a punk, I hate, I don't like it. I yeah. don't. So when I, like my mom dated a bunch of shitty bikers when I was young, you know, I tried to stab a couple of them after they beat her up. You know what I mean? I grew up in this world where you're like, fuck these people, dude. I mean, you got, yeah. I got to argue with a 50 year old fucking speed freak right now. And I'm 14. Go fuck yourself. You know? Yeah. And so they, they, what, and you know, I'm not saying all oh, these guys are tourists cause I rejected that culture for many years because of what I grew up in, you know? And I really like riding bikes. I like fucking, I like Harleys and all that stuff. But I, I, I'm with you in the fact that when you immerse yourself in that actual true culture and realize what it is, and what it can be, right? It's not necessarily what it is now, but uh, it's fucking, it's scary shit, dude. And it's shit that normal people don't get, you know what I mean? They don't see yeah. it, you know what I mean? Like, it's cool to have a fucking cool old banger, right? Yeah. I mean? <laughs> and do all that shit and make it a bobber and all this stuff. That's cool, man. But you start dealing with real, real biker shit, dude. And there's two ways it goes. It's you're in jail or fucking dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, there's so much of like, you know, there's like Tor Drake, who does CC motorcycles and does the one show and my friend Lana, who does Paradise Roadshow. There's so many people doing good things. Yeah. But I mean, like, I think for me, like, I'll just say it so that no, you know, if anyone else says, I'll be like, I agree. Like I, for me, like I did a shirt for show class that said, if you don't belong, don't belong. And I, I didn't belong. Like for me, it's not my thing. I don't love motorcycles enough to really want to be around it that much. So, I mean, yeah. as I get older, I like, I am so busy that the, like, if I have five things to do, I'm going to pick five other things besides get on my bike that, yeah. you know, and, that, and when we started boss, full time, I sold my last bike and I sold my El Camino and I sold, sold my El Bronco. And it's like, too bad. I, you know, I used to love all that shit, but yeah. I, I need, I'd rather have, the money I got from that to invest in doing a huge break, you know, I needed all the money I could get to totally, do, man. To do yeah. a big Probably, so, right? I mean, and, and I, and I don't miss it. You know, when yeah. I sold my bike, I was like, I'll get a bike someday, but I haven't had a bike for three years now. And I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't really care. Well, and that's so. cool. I mean, you can appreciate the culture, you know, obviously I see a lot of it in the artwork. I mean, maybe you're, you've definitely been moving away from it recently, but, you know, I, in the original stuff, you know, I see a lot of it. And it's something to be appreciated because there was some fucking cool shit that came out. I mean, my uh, first Jerkoff magazines were Easy Riders from the yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I wasn't looking at Victoria's Secret. I wasn't fucking <laughs> trying to find a Playboy, dude. 
I was looking at Easy Riders, you know what I mean, from whatever was <laughs> yeah. left over in the garage, you know. So that shit's yeah. built in my DNA. But like I said, you know, what I realized later is that culture is that culture. And I think I will say that the biker culture now obviously has changed, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, with what all these guys are doing, making these killer fucking bikes out of these old iron heads and stuff. And they're changing the culture, and you don't have to be a piece of shit to ride a Harley anymore. None of that, you know. what I mean, all, and I think that is good for the overall culture of motorcycles, you yeah. know. But it's it still is a dangerous fucking world when you if you start to if you're a tourist, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and 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 you see videos of guys finding out real quick when they roll up on a fucking hundred HAs, you know what I mean? And yeah, they're, yeah. They're patched into something that they're not sure about, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, I don't know, man. Um, but yeah. it's a trip, you know. Absolutely, man. I mean, it's cool. And I think the biggest thing that draws me to any of those worlds, it's like, I just love style, man. Like I love Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the aesthetics of like cholo culture, fucking old school biker culture. Like I can't get enough of it. And it's like, it informs a lot of like, just the way I look at things like, but um, yeah, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, what I do now is like, I work nonstop and that's my right. life so. right right but <laughs> you, you know? it's joy it's joyful work hopefully yeah i mean yeah i mean times I, you know i love it like it's it's um you know it's the only time i've ever been driven by a passion that relates to work you know i guess being in bands was kind of like that but i mean you weren't living i mean i was always i always had a bartending gig or a you know, a restaurant gig. Right, I wasn't right. like I live off my van. So it's like right. being able to have a job where I'm, I'm just driven. Um, it's, you know, I love it. It's great. What was the switch in your mind? I mean, obviously you said you moved out here from Portland to focus on this, but was there a time in Portland where you guys, like, was there a catalyst to being like, you know what, this is something we got to fucking focus on. This is what I want to do. Like, was there a point where you realize like, this is fucking it? Um, you know, man, like, I think I'm just a real slow fucker. like, I, you know, like emotionally, mentally, I'm slow to fucking come to things. And I, and, uh, I think a lot of that comes from like, I didn't come from a background where I'm like, you know, I know plenty of people that are like this. Like I was not raised in an environment where being an artist was, was something that was even remotely an option or possible. And so, you know, there was always this idea that I didn't, I wasn't around, um, I wasn't exposed to those worlds growing up. So, so, you know, as I grew up and I rebelled and I got into like all the stuff that I got into and and I'm living this life of being like this kid, you know, I think I always had this assumption that I had to have a day job or I had to have a way to make money to do all this stuff. Um, And then slowly, I think I realized that uh, maybe there were enough signs there to kind of take a calculated risk. And, um, Mm. and, and that's what kind of, and just hating, just hating not doing it, I think is the biggest thing. So that's actually cool. That's a good, that's a good point. It's, uh, hating not doing it. Right. I mean, when you, when you have the absence in your heart from not doing your passion, right. And that's what drives you. That's fucking, that's a lot of people, a lot of, st- a lot of things that people don't get to experience. I think, you know what I mean? And I contribute a lot of that stuff and, you know, I, I don't want to speak for your, your thing, but you know, a lot of that is based in this, learning to do shit yourself right this diy fucking it like and i've said it a million times on this podcast if you were able to book your shows book your own tours take a chance on yourself eat shit on the road you know what i mean you yeah you're set up in a way that normal people are not set up 
right? You know, to be able to talk your way out of a bad fucking situation in a bad neighborhood. Right. I mean, these are all massive skills that go so far in life. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, man, I hear you. Um, I think too, it's like, I've always looked at things where it's like, my goal in life is to, is to basically have the freedom to do this kind of shit. And however I can get there is, is what I want to do it. I'm not looking at it where I, you know, the idea of success to me is just being able to do what I love and to do it like, and, and, you know, man, I'm not trying to write like a Hallmark card, but to do it with like, that actually would like, be good. It'd be a good lane for you, though, bro. I mean, maybe Hallmarks needs yeah, there you some go. updates. <laughs> some boss dog Hallmarks, dude. <laughs> Come on, probably, probably make some money. <laughs> hey, there you go, dude. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think some people get overwhelmed by the idea of being successful, and I think for me, like what I was going to say, what you're talking about, it's like I think it's really good to experience, you know, humiliation, to experience trying a shit and not working. Mm-hmm. Um, and just putting yourself out there because it makes you come back. If you come back, then you really want it. You know? Yeah. If you, if you don't quit, you know what I mean? And you learn from those experiences, you are making moves towards what it is you want to follow. Right. I mean, and oh, yeah. I just, and, and it's this whole entire society has been raised on eat shit, cash checks. I mean, essentially, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's all we fucking are taught from the time we're children that if you're not financially successful, you are a fucking piece of shit. Right. And, and to be able to follow passion and then turn it into something successful is is really, I mean, the American dream, you know, essentially, right? I mean, yeah. however avenue you do it, it's it's just, it can totally, it's something that a lot of people can't grasp. You know what I mean? Like, imagine telling any normal person, like, hey, I'm going to quit my job and be a full-time artist. And they're like, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? what? That's on paper? All bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did you go to school for art at all or anything? No, I mean, I've taken, I've taken some classes, um, college level classes, um, in art itself and in like color theory, but, um, no, I mean, design wise, very little. I think I took one class where I like, you know, I I learned Photoshop and stuff like that, but, and that's been a big thing is like, I was always very self-taught in those departments. And so it didn't really understand that what I was doing was graphic design um, per se. And, um, and then kind of had, you know, cause I would always do like Photoshop for like pump flyers and shit like that. Or I did my own zines and, right. and yeah. didn't understand that what I was doing was essentially graphic design. And, and then um, as I kind of got exposed to more things and was around more people, I was around other people doing kind of what I like to do. Um, and then it's like, oh, this guy's the art director for like this metal label. And like, this guy's doing like covers for bands and he's getting paid for it. And it's like right. suddenly like exposing me to these ideas where I'm like, shit, we're doing the same things I'm doing. You know? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Why can't I do this? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and it's funny too. Cause I mean, making flyers, making zines, you know, figuring out how to rip off Kinko's. You know what I mean? To fucking get an extra 180 copies out of them. You know, I don't know if you, did you guys do Kinko's up there? Was it up there? Yeah. Do you guys have the key cards back in the day? Yeah. We whip it, whip them on the ground, <laughs> Yeah, get that cycle. It's like, I'd make 500 copies and pay for 240. Yeah. I mean? Absolutely. Stuff, dude. I used to love that shit. I mean, I spent hours in Kinko's making my own cover art or all these things. And I'm not an artist at all. I was absolutely pirating other people's cool shit. 
You know what I mean? But the collage, the design, you know what I mean? You just, you figure that shit out, man. And it's, Oh yeah, it's for cool. sure, man. You know? Yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to know, like, I mean, over the last few, fuck, I don't know, a couple of years, your art has taken a very like, uh, like, how am I going to say this? Like very hard stance on like mental health, right? Like a lot of the stuff is, it's all seems to be like, you know what I mean? Like it started I with this hat was one of my favorites. You know, I can see through your bullshit, right? It spoke to me. Yeah. I have a pretty gnarly bullshit meter. I can tell within five minutes whether I'm going to tolerate you or not. <laughs> and that could be due to my own ignorance, right? But like what is it about the mental health stuff that it seems to be kind of taken over in the theme of your art? I mean, is it just something from personal experience? Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like one of those things where I feel like I started thinking about boss dog is a brand versus me just doing art you know and it's like i had to first get used to saying brand and and just accepting the fact that we wanted to be a clothing label and all that and then it's like Mm kind of look at it and it's like bands you know or it's like anything what like who like the things that are really successful are the things that kind of just like put themselves out there in this like authentic way and like for us and I say us, like Sam and I, like we came at it like, okay, we're partners on Boss Talk. Like Boss Talk is no longer just me. It's like this clothing label that we both own. Right. And, you know, like our days, like I, I quit drinking. Um, and, you know, because like, you know, essentially I was an alcoholic and like right. I had to get sober and I had to go through a really dark period for that, which mm-hmm. I don't talk about a ton, but um, it was, it was a period that I climbed out of and then you know, when you draw on like shit where you're like going to do something that sustains as a label, you're like, I have to be something that's authentic. Like I can think of really funny um, beer jokes, but I can't, I can't really make a shirt out of that because it's just not really me. Right. And um, you know, I do, I actually like a lot of stuff where it's like, I like, you know, I like mental health stuff, but I like, you know, some kind of like out there cosmic spiritual shit. And I just, but you know, my thing is like, I have to do something that's like honest and um And so a lot of it was like me and Sam kind of picking angles where I remember early on, I mean, I got, um, I got hit up to do some lines for like um, Hot Topic and Spencer's and shit. Mm-hmm. And I just jumped at it. Cause I was like, fuck yeah, I'll do it, man. Like, I, that sounds great. And then I realized I was like, dude, I am not this person, you know, like Steven Rhodes is one of my favorite artists and that dude crushes Spencer's. Um, if you're not familiar, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, but he does really funny shit. And I was like, man, I can't do this stuff authentically. Like I'm, it's stressing me out. So basically it's like the stuff that I do that I've been doing consistently is just stuff that it's like, I'm not thinking, I'm just kind of going with it. You know, right, I'm not right. trying to be like, all right, I'm going to do this. And it's going to fucking be rad because everyone loves marijuana and I'm going to do this fucking big pot leaf. Like I'm like, dude, I don't smoke weed. So I can't right. really do that shit. I'm cool with it. Like I don't have any hangups about it, but it's just like the stuff that really, uh, that I draw from is like, you know, man, like I've been through real crazy bouts of depression. I've been through some tough times, you know, like right. that's what I'm going to fucking talk about, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, it makes, how long have you been sober? Shit. A long time. Like, um, seven years, seven years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's such a dark period, you know what I mean? It, uh, that, I mean, dealing with the reality of yourself, dude, <laughs> it's fucking yeah. crazy. <laughs> I don't know if there's a harder fucking task, you know what I mean? Then. Cause I was, you know, I was, uh, I grew up, 
like in the religious, like I was into this Christian punk shit when I was a teenager. Right. And then uh-huh. walked away from religion. Cause you know, I got some pussy and then nothing made sense anymore. Right. <laughs> so, but I spent years like dealing with that and I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't do any of that. Right. And I spent fucking years just not knowing who the fuck I was like after that, yeah. you know what I mean? And then I started smoking pot at like 21 and became a serious fucking pothead for about 15 <laughs> years, you know? And, and I drink and I do these, I, I don't party too much, but you know, it, but I'm at a point now in my life where I'm really considering like real sobriety because I'm 39, I'm going to be 39 and I, and I, I got three kids and I'm thinking like, you know, how much, I mean, what's the problem with taking some time off? You know what I mean? And really dealing with the inner trauma that I've fucking, why am I drinking or why was I smoking three, four, five, seven, ten blunts a day? Right. Yeah. Like, what am I running from? Like all these questions are fucking terrifying to ask, you know, and especially if you mental health has become such a massive conversation, you know, and the white trash fucking savage in me is kind of like, okay, okay, we got it. You know, mental health fucking, can someone just bury it a little bit and grind (laughs) their teeth and fucking get the job done without the conversation of mental health, you know? But the other part of me feels like it's so important. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, it's it's funny too, because it's like, I love the challenge of it because my go-to is to be kind of cynical and sarcastic. And I think that comes more naturally to me. So that's another side of like what I like doing. Cause it's like, man, it's not my natural state to like, uh, go for this kind of more, cause I'm always the guy that like, when you say something positive or inclusive in the back of my head, there's someone who's going to like yell at, like make fun of you, yeah, you know, totally, and like yeah. push you down, and be, like, yeah. you know, call you like an inappropriate name. They're all, bro, and, you remember uh, when you used so, the rollerblade and you're like, oh, yeah. I guess. Ah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I kind of love the challenge of it all. And, um, and I think, I think there was a period for me where the death of irony was like, it's like, dude, how many fucking Grim Reapers saying something sarcastic can we put on a fucking t-shirt? Right, right, I'm right. So fucking over it, you know? And, right. And I, I feel like that period was over. So I really like the challenge. And it's funny because it's like, it's gotten more popular now, which is a weird thing to see, but, um, but it's ultimately good, you know? No, I mean, I think it's great. You know, it, it's just, because it is when you talk about brand, right? And that's such a, it's a term that all of us struggle with, right? But whether you're in a band or you fucking have a podcast or whatever, this is this is what it is. This is really what you're trying to build, right? So right. I mean, like, rather than following trends, honoring yourself, honoring your art, honoring your challenges, you know, that's a big thing. That's it's hard to stay on that path. You know what I mean? Because you can't. Yeah. You can't fucking follow trends because it just will die. It will fucking die. You know what I mean? So, right. I, I mean, I've seen you've been able to do that pretty well, but I mean, are you conscious of that a lot? Yeah. I mean, I think I am, but I think it's more of in the sense where it's like, for me personally, I don't give a fuck. Like if I'm into something, I'm into it. And, right. um, and generally speaking, I don't feel like I look at trends in a responsive way. Like this Take it for what it is. Like, I always feel like maybe I'm on the other side where some of the stuff I do sometimes tends to be a trend, at least design wise. But, and I know it's probably someone's going to hear that and think I'm the biggest asshole, but I don't think I, I'm not consciously looking at the next big thing going, oh, we got to switch gears now. We're going to, all right, we're going to all be, you know, fucking doing this. To me, it's like I just 
I just want to do what I want to do. You know, it's like right. when I played hardcore, uh, I was in a hardcore band. And then I, in the middle of it, I wanted to start a band with like keyboards and we, you know, I was in a keyboard synth band and it's like, I've always been that way where I don't really care about staying in these categories where it's like, Oh, what right. are my friends going to do to me if I do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the biggest thing with, with boss art that we have over like a lot of other places is that like we are artist owned. So at least we're doing our own graphics. Like at least we're, we're kind of talking about things and there's always things I'll always go back to, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it, and there's no longevity in following trends period. I mean, there just isn't right. I mean, it's, it's been, you know, the Rolling Stones are the fucking Rolling Stones, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, they are the Rolling Stones. You know, and that's they've and uh, the most successful people I've seen artist wise, especially, you know, when you look at who, fucking name it, you know what I mean? Uh, these people do their shit and the, and you either like it or you don't like it. You know what I mean? And the, and the companies that do get caught up in these trends or, you know, even having the opportunity to be in Hot Topic or all these, you know, Zoomies, you know, all that shit I see your stuff in. And it's like, it's fucking cool, but it's not different. It's, it's, it is you, it's boss dog. It's fucking, it, it's never, you know, you might vary a little bit just to kind of create something cool or a collab, but I, I really respect the fact that it is, it is you, you know what I mean? The art's not going to change per the store, per the fucking pop-up or per the whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, the thing that like I challenge myself with is like, is more technique stuff. It's like, I wanted to get away from just drawing some of my go-tos on black, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. designing something with a light colored background and, you know, not having the fallback of drawing a skeleton or a reaper. Mm -hmm. It's a challenge, you know, and I, I make conscious decisions to do certain things only because I wanted to expand what I was doing versus like, you know, I, you know, you start to get tired of your own shit. And I think that's just evolving where it's like, all right, yeah. well, I'm doing this now. I'm kind of going in this direction. And um, some of it's not like not wildly popular. Like the way I'm doing graphics right now, I'm stippling a lot where I wasn't before. It takes me 10 times as long. I don't think anyone's noticing. It's not like I'm doing anything that people are liking more. It's just right. taking me more fucking time. And, right. you know, more but man hours. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, it's also people, you know, you hear all this bullshit about you have to stay present on Instagram and you have to fucking post daily. And, and it's like, dude, it's not. It's it, it. How? How can it be like that? You know, you're lucky to get in someone's algorithm anyway. You know what yeah. I mean? Just like a band is lucky to get two songs on a fucking playlist right now. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. if you grind and keep your own path and keep your own thing then you're going to be fucking, you know, you're going to be doing what you do and either people follow it or they don't. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. I mean, being authentic think, to yourself is so important. I think it's just, you know, I, I feel for people that are like their only avenue is like social media because it is, it's just, it's brutal, man. Like we, we try and do stuff outside of social media to make us feel connected to a thing that's not just, and it, you know, we're not an Instagram business or whatever, but right. And, and so, I mean, you guys did this, the the store right you guys did a store recently well we have we're in a department store in palm springs and uh and we're doing another one in in yucca valley which is right by joshua tree and we got a couple other things in the works so yeah so how has that though been able to connect with actual people who i mean obviously the online presence is fine answering dms all that shit but like it's got to be so much more gratifying to see the physical product in a physical store being able to meet the fucking person that did it you know or that 
you know, is all buying stuff. your stuff. I mean, that's so much more gratifying, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that plus like doing, you know, events. Like, I always like to do flea markets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not basing my income off of it, but I mean, every time I always meet someone, you know, like, right. I make really amazing connections whenever I do a live event or wherever I'm like in a, in a scenario where I am suddenly in front of my products and people are meeting me. It's like, Oh, right. sick. Like I just met someone and stuff always comes from that. Right. Um, even with zoomies, you know, like we started working with them more and um, like every relationship that I've made in that, that world has been like incredibly positive and rad. Has it really? Cause that store is such a fucking, my kids love it. You know what I mean? And I, I buy shit there too. Cause I'm I'm a big fan of that stuff, and then you know the lurking class stuff and all that stuff, you know. But I, it's just such a that that store itself is is <laughs> I mean it's it's weird, you know what I mean? Because you go in and it's all skateboard culture, but it's weird, you know. Versions of yeah. the anime stuff is like taking over, you know what I mean? So now I go in there and I'm not even sure what's on it anymore. It's just anime images, yeah. Point, you know, the anime stuff I don't really get. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as far as as far as what's in the mall, like they've been great to work with. For right. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, as far as it goes, I mean, my daughter's yeah. super in anime. I think it's anime is the new punk, dude. It's when you were as we were kids. I don't know how old you are, but you know, your punk era was fucking ten to sixteen or whatever it is. It's anime now, dude. Because as a, as having a thirteen year old, every single kid is into anime now, and it's I mean, it makes sense. You know, I get it. It's cool. You know, but yeah. it, it is foreign to me. I grew up watching the older shit, you know, Akira and Ghost in the Shell and stuff like that. But it's a trip to me, man. When you're like, what the fuck is going on around here? You know, like, yeah, it's just part of getting old. I mean, if you're in touch with the kids at 40 years old, you're really you're probably creep. You're a creep. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you, you would assume. Yeah, so it, it's it's crazy, man. But um, I wanted to ask, like, when you des- go to design something, does it start with an image? Does it start with? a saying does it start with something how does it start for you like as far as the design process i mean now it starts with a text it starts with it starts with an idea like right around it starts with an idea and then usually sam and i talk about it and then narrow it down to a text and then i lay out the text and then i'll think of the design around that if it goes any other way it becomes a nightmare pretty quick so it's really it usually is it's best to design the art around the text and not vice versa, because um, there's been times where it's like, I'll get halfway through a design and realize I don't like the text. And then you're fucked because you're staring at something and you're like trying to think of words. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like I just, you know, I think when I started doing it, it wasn't um, as common, but I just love the challenge of trying to do a full design where it's like text and, and, and the image well, and doing then, um, it, something in the framework of an idea, right? I mean, yeah. rather than just doodling on a page and going, oh, yeah, that's cool. Maybe I could do this, you know, like it's everything yeah. is a theme, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a trip. It's got to be a challenge, you know? It's, it's hugely challenging. And then you kind of can't get away from it. And you're like, kind of, I kind of get obsessed. I, it's like, I'm so addicted to that, that I don't, you know, recently I did a couple of things that like had no text and I really liked it. But it felt weird as fuck. I'm like, oh, it looks so weird. Like, it doesn't say anything. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did it yeah, switch? So. Like, did it used to be just the art and then you'd throw some shit in there? Like, was there a point? It just, all of a sudden, it just flipped one day, huh? Yeah. Because, I mean, I think now it's just like I'm full on just a t-shirt designer. Like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm just always designing apparel. And it goes back to, like, you know, I didn't come into this world and announce, like, 
things like I'm a brand and we're a clothing company and I love drawing. I love design apparel, but I do. And I love all that stuff. So I, 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 over time, I've just had to get more comfortable with the fact that it's like, I'm not really an artist so much anymore as like, I really like doing clothes, you know, and I love designing shit. So now everything I do that's design, that's art is for design. That's for clothes. clothes. And that's just how it is, you know? Yeah. So you don't do art on paper much at all. And like, did you, do you do actual original artwork and stuff? Yeah. I mean, I, everything I do, like all the designs I do starts with drawing. So I mean, it all starts me still sketching and shit. Yeah. But like, do you do an art show? Like just art? I mean, at all, or is it, it's just not, that's not what it is now. It, I, you know, the only reason why I just don't anymore, like I used to do murals and I used to do art shows, but it just takes up so much time, you know, right. it's like, that's where I'm at now where it's like, boss dog takes all my time. And so it's why right. I don't do commissions. And every time, like, I, I want to say yes to something, I end up just being like, oh, I should not have done this. And it just ends up, we end up losing money and getting fucking backtracked. I'm boss dog because I agreed right. to do something and it's just, you end up having to get really good at saying no and just being like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. You know? Well, there's a freedom in saying no. Right. I mean, there's a real yeah. freedom, dude. It's, I, I learned it many, many years ago, you know, being the kid that would take any fucking show anywhere, anytime you're like, I guess we're driving six hours, you know, yeah. in the middle of fucking nowhere. And I'm not sure how much we're getting paid, you know? And it became a point where, I got, I fucking, I thrived in it. You know, and my first answer is no. Even to my yeah. kids, they ask me for anything. I'm like, no. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> that's probably really good as a dad. I mean, it is. And then you're all, but my kids are fucking savage negotiators now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like no is their starting point, dude. And they come in. My fucking kids brought me down a PowerPoint presentation on why they wanted to buy a fucking parakeet the other day. What? <laughs> like crazy. literally, dude. Because I'm avidly against owning a bird. Like I, I think it's just, <laughs> it's fuck. First of all, they're annoying. They stink. It's fucking messy. We have a cat, two dogs, a fucking bearded dragon, frog. You know, it's a, oh my god, it's a full house over here, bro. <laughs> you draw bird. the line at birds. Yeah, it's I, I mean, dude, they do one thing. They fucking fly, and then you're gonna put it in a cage. Like, yeah, it seems so bad to me. You know, and I just yeah. don't want it. You know, I don't want a fucking bird screech in my house. But these little savages came down last night and go, Dad, can we show you something? And they made a fucking 16 page PowerPoint <laughs> with facts oh. about birds, why it's fucking eating. <laughs> that is incredible. And I was all looking. I love it. I love the effort. Absolutely not. <laughs> Never in your life. I said, as soon as you move out of this house, Get all the birds you want. It's fucking fine. There's birds outside. Go catch one of those. Not <laughs> fucking happening, dude. Not happening. You know, but that's amazing. Where I mean, are you like, based out of right now? Like, we're in Ventura. In? We live in Ventura, uh, Ventura, right. California. It's butts up to Oxnard. You know, what I mean, it's hour yeah. north of L.A. You know, yeah, Santa Barbara. So we're in this yeah. beautiful little beach community, dude. And I, I've, I've been here for. I say I'm from the desert. I've been here since I was fucking twelve years old. Man. Mm. I, I mean, I love the it. Rad. Oh, it's awesome, man. I mean just a beautiful spot weather's killer all around but you know just the kids man and i think the power of no is is something you got to build into people dude it's and it's and it's it feels so good to be like i'm not i'm not doing that no fucking way no fucking way am i doing that you know i've definitely gotten better at it but man i have a really hard time I'm, i'm like one of those like people pleasers plus I really want to try just, I can't, I, I love the challenge of taking on things. So 
Right. I always get myself in these situations. Yeah. Um, I just did it recently. I said yes to doing this podcast? a podcast. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> No, that's always fun. This is fun. It's a good excuse to not work. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just do it. And then Sam's always like, just like, because every time I'm like, remind me never to do this. She's like, yeah, I will. And you're going to do it anyway. You're going to do it anyway, dude. Yeah. You're like an old timer's patient. It's fucking. Yeah, totally. It's fucking, you're like, what? When did I hate this? Oh, as soon as I started it, I hated it, you know? I have gotten better. The thing that I've gotten better at is just realizing that, like, I'm going to end up disappointing them more in a prolonged, protracted way. Right. Because, like, yeah. if I say no right up front, it's like, all right, boom, that kind of sucked, but yeah. we're, it's over. If I say yes, then it's like I miss every deadline. I fucking, you know, <laughs> it's six months later, and they're right. like, hey, dude, uh, do, you still, do you still want to do that graphic for us? I'm like, totally. I'll have it for you, like, next week, and then another right. six months go by. And, you know, That's an artist curse, though, man. That's a fucking artist curse. I mean, I'm a guy that has to have a deadline for myself. I don't know if you work like this, but like it wasn't, I can't get shit done unless I have a real deadline. Like people are depending on me. I, do you work like that? I mean, is that how it works for you? Cause it, it, I don't even get into gear until the fucking month before the deadline. You yeah. Know, it could be a deadline two months out and I won't think about it till three weeks. And then I'm all <gasps> fuck, you know, and then it's fucking off, you know, and then I can't focus on anything else till it's done, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like that, but with Boss Dog, it's more about, like, it's like this weird animal, right? Because you're always kind of trying to stay in a place where it's like you're designing, but then you're always you're also trying to figure out what would sell, because, like, that's yeah. how we're trying to make money. So I'm always in this weird, like, I'm always trying to get graphics done, because I always feel like I have to be creating fresh graphics, and, um, and then when I'm not, I feel, like, weird, and I've got anxiety, because I'm like, we're not making any money if I'm not designing anything new. So I'm kind of constantly feeling like that. But when I have traditional deadlines, I'm definitely like a deadline person. Like, give me the date, and um, and then I'll, I won't stress about it till like, yeah, like four days in, in advance. Yeah, know? and then you're fucking, then you're 120 hours in fucking on something yeah. grinding. And I mean, are you a guy that hates your product eventually anyway? I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a nostalgic dude. I have a really hard time looking back on old bands I was in or things I was involved in is like nostalgic, you know, um, I'm always grinding forward, you know, like, have you been able to step back and look at your, your work and been like, ah, fucking cool, man. Like you can appreciate Uh, it. Definitely not that. I mean, no. no. So yeah, Yeah, me neither. I mean, either I'm wondering, I'm I'm waiting to meet the guy. I definitely relate to what you're saying, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like when you hear your voice the first time recorded and you fucking hate it. Oh yeah. And then over time you get kind of used to it, but you always think it sounds weird. That's how I am now. Like I've I've gotten better at looking at something objectively and being like and being easy on myself and be like, oh well it's five years ago, you weren't you know, you didn't you yeah. didn't know what you're doing. Or even two years ago, or even two months ago, I'd be like, eh, it's all right. But it it will always sound like my weird recorded voice. I'll right. never look yeah. at it and be like, Oh, that's beautiful, you know, like it yeah. just always looks like, ah, it's weird. I don't know what Well you at all it. you see is the flaws, right? I mean that's it. If if I recorded a record, everyone's like, Yeah, man, it's great. I am ha- you know, I'm like, Yeah, but I flub this one note yeah that's all i can hear you know it's the only fucking and i just i had to learn to be able to walk away and be like no one's gonna know no one's yeah. gonna fucking know and no one will ever fucking notice this there's mistakes in led zeppelin records no yeah you know what i mean like it's it's just fucking it's hard it, and it's hard like if you don't hate your 
product, it, I, I yeah. feel like you're not, you're done. You're stale, right? <laughs> yeah, I will like little wake up. I'll wake up in the middle of the night at like three in the morning to go into the art room because I realized that like, you know, like the text was like half an inch off to the left. And like, (laughs) you know, Sam's like just used to waking up in the middle of the night and just being like, he's fucking insane, you know? And then I'll come back into bed and I'll try to explain to her. Like, oh, she's like, dude, shut up. Just like, it's 3.30, dude. You know, it's it's fine. Yeah. I mean, being possessed by your art and your passion is, is it, I used to wake up in the middle of the night with riffs, dude. And yeah. I have to, I'd have to, I'd have to at least mouth it into my phone or, you know what I mean? I'd have to do something like, yeah. cause if it would, if I woke up and forgot it, it would ruin my whole entire day. You know what I mean? And if I, and if I, it's just, it's fucking weird. Like being possessed by your own creativity. <laughs> it's a weird. Do you leave thing. like notes to yourself on your phone? Like, yep. All yeah, day, me too. I have like you know who Judd Judd is. Yeah, remember that I, I, hardcore. Yeah, it's like Judd, my, Judd. Phone, my phone is Judd, Judd. It is like seventeen Judd Judd albums, dude. <laughs> you know, what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's like you know, like whatever. Or if for some reason I am playing, I have to record it at that moment. You know what I mean? Because uh, I'll yeah. forget, dude. I'm fucking. I got shit to do. I forget. You know, I'll forget everything. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's crazy how you will literally forget. And it's like, you know, that feeling of total panic. We're like, this was so rad. Like, I literally was thinking this five months ago. I cannot fucking remember it, you know? Dude, I woke up last night, right? My kids were, we just got back from vacation. We went to Yellowstone. It was gorgeous, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Seven-day road trip with three kids in a truck. It was, you know, about as Griswolds as you could get, right? I mean, everyone did good. It was fine. But we get home. We get settled. My kids are up till fucking one in the morning and I got to go to work today. You know what I mean? And I wake up, dude. And, and like immediately I'm like, Hey dude, I got to fucking work in like four hours, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and then I started I, like at some point I'm talking to him like I'm a old miner. You know, I'm like, you guys, you don't go to sleep. You're, there's going to be hell to pay. You know what I mean? Like I'm like standing on the top of the stairs, like, and then I now I'm cracking myself up because I'm thinking of like a bit like where all dads turn into fucking old like gold miners in the middle of the night. <laughs> you you fucking kids don't know what you got these days, you know? <laughs> you know, like, and so now I'm laughing at myself because they're looking at me like I'm an idiot. You know what I mean? And and, yeah. and just but and then I thought about it all night. I thought about it all night about I should have wrote written it down, and I wanted to make sure not forget. You know, what I mean, this this it's very specific line that I threw at him at one in the morning, for yeah. what? like for no re like for what like yeah, what is it for you know what I mean? But if it's not a riff, it's something else. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. And then half the time you go back and look at it, and you're like, dude, that's terrible. Like, what, yeah, was, what, I I what was I thinking? But then I can never delete it. I'm like, well, maybe in six <laughs> months I'll think it's rad. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you revisit it, and you never do. So did you see any like? Do you see any bears or anything? Yeah, dude, I saw all of it. I mean, really? uh, Well, we saw we saw bears and wolves in a like a they have like a reserve. You know what I mean? Like a little. It's not a zoo, but it's a preserve thing. Uh, And then fucking buffalo and elk and the whole deal. I mean, it was. uh, You ever been up there? I went once, but it was like ten years ago, and we just stayed one night. Yeah, man. Didn't I mean, really we see spent, much. We saw four. We stayed four solid days in the park. Saw all the things. I mean, it was fucking incredible. I mean, I'm as I get older, you know, I grew up in the middle of the desert and listening to old men talk about nothing about like, oh yeah, I I grew up around a bunch of gold miners, right? Like, uh-huh. like my dad literally owned a gold mine when I was a kid. 
And wow. uh, so, like, all this motherfucker would talk about is how the mountain was formed and how the fucking wash and this is going to be the spot. And I just thought, I'm going to kill myself. It's 120 <laughs> degrees and you old fucks are talking about nothing. And now, as a, as an older man, I want nothing more than to just stare at some gorgeous fucking mountains. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or see yeah. some nature, you know? And I've been threatened I'm going to touch a buffalo. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like that guy. Like, I definitely want to touch something, you know? Right. And, uh, and I got close. Not, not, not really? close to touching it. But I got close enough to see what these things are. And I was like, yeah. no, I'm, not, I'm not that dumb, dude. And I actually saved a lady's life, uh, basically, this we pulled over real quick on you know one of the roads and there was a buffalo sitting fucking right on the edge of the road just chilling you know and these things are two thousand pound animals right and so I pop yeah. out about fifty feet away and I'm taking some pictures of it and these two ladies are just straight walking like straight towards it like beelining and wow. and now the buffalo they're like fifteen twenty feet away from this thing and the buffalo's like really motherfucker like you could see he's like oh, look at the <laughs> balls on you yeah. you know and so I I'm like hey what are you doing? And she's like, well, we're trying to walk on this trail. And there's a, he's sitting on the trail, you know? And I'm like, I wouldn't get closer to that. You know, she's like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, fucking walk around, dude. Like it's a yeah. road, go around the motherfucker. And she's like, Ugh. like, all, like, like, doesn't wow. he know that this is a trail? You know, it's like, you're going to get gored to death by this. It's so thing. crazy, man. Yeah. I couldn't what? believe it. Yeah. The day after that, we left, a kid fell into one of the geysers. You know what I mean? Fucking whoa. second degree birds all over his body. Like, people were real morons, dude. And you're in a volcano. That yeah. is a straight volcano when you're there. You're, And it's the most gorgeous shit I've ever seen. But you realize real quick, like, we got a finite time on this planet, bro. Yeah. And, and if that thing blows up, we're all in trouble, you know? But, it's yeah, it's funny, like one of the weirdest experiences I had during quarantine was Sam and I like went through, you know, we had, we actually were working a lot because just we were stuck at home and our, our right. businesses. Were, so we went through this period where we were like, we worked nonstop and we were just super burned out. It was like the heart of quarantine and we couldn't figure out what we could do mm. to like take a break, you know? Yeah. And so we were like, shit, let's drive to um, the Grand Canyon because like neither of us had ever really been and right. it was something we could do isolated and drive. We were just like, we'll drive out there. And so anyways, we like, you know, we drove out there and stayed at a couple like Airbnbs that were like remote and um, we get out there and as we're driving out to the Grand Canyon, uh, it's all cloudy and it's like thunderstorm starts happening. So it's super ominous. Right. Right. And then we get there and we go and there's a decent amount of people there, but it's like quarantine. Right. So it's not that packed. But we go and we're standing out on like one of the little things that juts out. And while we're standing there, we just hear all this yelling. And I was like, I didn't even put it together, you know, because right. as I said, I'm slow sometimes. Like, I just <laughs> yeah. was like, oh, what's going on? And Sam's like looking in horror off to the left. And I'm just ignoring her. Like, and then I finally look over and I was like, what are those people doing? And this woman had um, decided she wanted to take a selfie and she fucking stood far enough back off the cliff that she fell off the cliff. No. And then the crazy shit was her like son tried to climb down to rescue her. And then he got stuck. Yeah. And so then it was like this nightmare unfolded right in front of me and Sam. And we're just like never been to the grand Canyon. And that's what happened. And then as we're watching it, so all these like emer like uh, rescue people were like rappelling down the side. To get to the and she, she had died. So her no. body is in this bush. And then her son is like screaming. It was like, traumatic and then 
literally like the heavens open up and it was like torrential downpour of lightning and guys on like megaphones yelling everyone get out the park is evacuated so we drove yeah. for like two and a half days to go to the grand canyon we were there for 20 minutes we saw someone die and then oh we were God, got stuck in a thunderstorm we literally oh drove back we were like silent for like three hours just driving in the van like yeah what do you even do i mean happening? holy shit man i mean that's and the, but that's how fast it can go you know what i mean yeah. like and and people are, are, I'm shocked. I'm still shocked every day how dumb people are. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, it's seriously like we, you know, like I'm really obsessed with that kind of stuff where you, we start Googling about how many people die in the park. And, yep. Because you're like, are people that stupid? And and honestly, they are. Like, there's a lot of people that die. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, it's like when you go, when you go down like the, 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 you know, the dark tunnel of like Googling like, um, amusement park deaths and stuff oh and yeah like, dude Jeez, yeah. like these people they just keep coming man <laughs> they just keep uh, cranking know, out these morons it's crazy fucking darwin shit you know what i mean the darwin awards it, it, it's i i mean i was shocked we saw a really bad car accident right before we got home and it was a motorhome split in half and there was fucking bodies on the road and people died. Uh, you know what i mean and i'm i'm in the i'm at the last three hours of a nine hour drive you know what i mean we've been on a two-lane road for seriously nine hours like from yeah we drove from boise to fucking bishop in Uh, one day just because we were like trying to we wanted to get the bulk done and then sunday would be a nice drive but man i mean we get stopped and there's fucking 10 cars ahead of us and i see a motorhome blown into pieces i don't know what hit it i don't know what happened but all i see is cones around things and they're putting fucking blankets over bodies and it was just like such a hard reality dose of like Dude, how I I I did twenty five hundred miles in seven days, not one problem, not one, and I couldn't even imagine ending my trip like that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right. Because I don't drive fast. I don't. You know, I'm not a speed freak or nothing. I mean, I'm doing eighty because I got a big truck and it's easy and there's no one there. But you know, I'm not right. I'm not the guy that's whipping through traffic or nothing. You know, I've I've done yeah, too yeah. much touring in the world and I've driven too many miles to know what happens when you drive too fast, right? Yeah, and I just man. I mean, even the kids, everyone. It just ended up being like a silent fucking two hours, you know? Like, yeah, because it's like we didn't see the bodies, but you know what happened. Yeah, it really so goddamn quick, man. It can happen so quick, and you got to enjoy the little things, you know. And I tortured my kids for seven fucking days in a truck, you know. What I mean, just to get that experience of them being like hating it by the end. But remembering that we did some fucking cool shit that not a lot of people get to do, you know, like that's awesome. Do that's they like camping? Do. Yeah, Are they like Jake campers. We camp a lot. We got a trailer. Cool. We fucking camp. I don't know, fifteen, twenty times a year. You know what I mean? Oh, that's great. Now, I'm always been an outdoor guy. I, I, my birthday for the last seven years has been me camping. <laughs> like I don't, nice. I don't want anything to do with it. You know what I mean? The party or anything like that, man. I'd rather disappear right. into the fucking woods or the mountains, you know. But um, oh yeah. Yeah, man. Well, dude, I, I much appreciated for please. Thank you so much for coming on, man. It was really cool to have you on. And yeah, to be able to meet you finally, you know. Hell yeah, dude! Thanks for asking me, man. It was uh, it was good. It's fun. Cool, man. Uh, please throw out any Instagram handles or websites, anything you want people to follow you on, and all that jazz. If you, uh, want, you know, well, Boston go ahead. Art. I'll give you some shameless self promotion time. How's that? <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Bossdogart.com is is our website, and um, we do like limited drops because um, it's this company run by me and Sam. So my my partner Sam. So 
you know, we are doing everything. So we kind of try and do a limited drop, sell out. So we can just do orders for a week and then we can design and tie dye and do another one in a few weeks. So if you go on the website and there's nothing on there, check back. Uh, we do a drop like once a month. And uh, yeah, Boss Dog on Instagram, all that good stuff. Beautiful, man. Well, uh, thanks yeah. again, brother. I'll, I'll uh, yeah. we'll be in touch. You know what I mean? All right. Thanks, man. Beautiful, Appreciate man. it. All right.